Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Come on, give yourselves a hand at least. You know, I, I'm so excited to be here this morning. You don't even know how excited I am uh, just to be able to um, have the privilege to share uh, just the heart of God. And, uh, you know, just, you know, how, how many of you know that we all go through battles in life? And mine has been like a physical battle. And, you know, I, I feel really good. I'm, I'm, people ask me, Pastor, how you feeling? I feel good. I appreciate you asking. I do have my girdle on this morning, so if you just, it's actually my flap jacket in case somebody shoots at me, but, uh, but uh, you know, just, uh, just excited to be here this morning, and, you know, before I, I say anything, I have a, a f- actually someone that I know, a friend, and it's his daughter, and just say, say, say Rochelle with me, and I just want to pray for her. She's got an infection, and they can't identify what it is, and, just want to pray, and if you have an unspoken request, or even if you just have a need in your body, before I share this morning, I just want to just say, Pastor, I, I, would you pray for me, or would you pray for someone that I love? If that's you, just raise your hand real quick, okay, all over this place. You know, let that hand represent, what, if it's you or someone you're praying for as I pray. Can I just pray this morning? And you should receive that. Father, this morning, there's no, there's no power in my hands, but there's power in your hands. And you said that if we lay hands on the sick, that they would recover. We, you said if we would pray the prayer of faith, that God, it would be answered. Lord, you said if we'd speak to mountains, they would be removed. God, you said that God, if it, Lord, that, that you are the God. What seems impossible with man is possible with you. And so, God, we come this morning, we realize that, that, God, if we just have a little faith, you said you could do much with that. And so, Lord, we thank you that, that what seems impossible with, with us is so possible with you. And so, Father, we come this morning. I pray for Rochelle. I pray for everyone that's here that's represented with a hand that's lifted up this morning, that you would come and that you would minister and move and touch them and work nothing less than a miracle in their life. And Lord, we pray even for the word of God this morning. As I'm able to minister your word, I pray that you would come, you would speak, you would move, you would, Lord, we don't want just you to speak, that we would respond to you speaking to us. And God, out of our response, we would see barriers broken in our lives. Lord, I pray that many times we just allow things to hold us back like barriers. But Lord, we thank you that God, when we allow, we identify the barriers that keep us from where we need to be. God, you bring the blessings that you want to put on us. And so, Father, this morning, break barriers. Break barriers that are physical. Break barriers that are mental. Break barriers that how, uh, just uh, uh, of the enemy speaking over people's situations and their circumstances. I pray that you would come this morning and just have your way in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe that, say, I believe, Pastor. I believe. You know, this morning, we're just going to wrap up the series on alter ego. And this morning, you know, it's like... You know, we realized that an altar was, we talked about as a place of sacrifice where they would come and you would lay down yourself, you would lay down your pride, you would lay down your sin, and it would cost you something. 
And then we t- also talked about what an ego was, is, uh, what we believe about ourselves, or just kind of our belief system, and how sometimes that we believe that we're this way and we're that way. And we talked about, if you missed the last three weeks, we talked about a couple of things. So let me just cover those and you know, lay them down. The first thing that we talked about was your feelings of inadequacy. How many of you know that sometimes we just feel inadequate? And we talked about that. We talked about, you know, Zach did a great job doing that. Pastor Josh did a wonderful job talking about feeling, uh, you know, just the, the, the need for control. And some of us have laid that need down and then we pick it up. Come on. And if you picked it up again, lay it down anyway. And then we also talked about last week, I talked about just the right to be offended. How many of you just, you know, it's like sometimes we've been offended, but, you know, it's like we lay that right down. We talked about how hurt people hurt people and how forgiven people forgive people. And so this morning, today, we're going to lay down something that I I just, today we're going to lay down something that we all have, and we're going to lay down our longing for approval. How many of you know that we all love to be loved? Come on, how many of you know that we're, for some of us, you're your biggest fan club? And you know, and it's like, we're, we're going to lay down that longing for approval today. And, and it's okay, with, if it's okay with you guys, do you like that idea? Do you approve of it? Do you feel like it would be good if we talk about that? Do you like me? Do you feel good about it? Do you like me? Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. I needed that for my approval this morning. I'm just, I just want to be real honest with you this morning. As much as, my, as for most of my life, I can remember that I've longed for approval from others. I just have. I'm just being straight up honest with you. I love approval. My stepmother, she, you know, I remember one time she was talking to me. She goes, you know, you just... You can't stand it when people are mad at you, can you? No, I just, I just, I just want people to love me. I want people to like me. You know, I, I know that, that, you know, for my dad, I remember uh, my dad was a football coach. He was All-State twice in high school. He had a college uh, scholarship for football. So when I was a kid, I felt that pressure. I wanted to be like my dad, all right? And I remember I played for Little League in Lake Charles. And my first year, I was in uh, third grade. No, second grade. I was in second grade, and I got the position of quarterback. And I remember, you know, I was so nervous because my dad was on the sidelines. And, and I remember my first hike. And then and when I did my first hike, no one was ready in the backfield, okay? No one got set or anything. I was just hiking. And, and I was the only guy with the ball, and no one was ready, and they tackled me. You know, and I was like, dang, man, my dad was on the sidelines, and I wanted his approval. I wanted to do so good. And, like, about, you know, because back then they would let the dads come to the sidelines or in the huddle. You know what I'm talking about? And my dad said, son, you need to learn to wait for everybody else until you get set. And I remember that. I just, like, man, I crushed my dad, my hopes. My next thing, my dad came, and I, I had a run, and I ran, and they knocked the wind out of me. How many of you ever had the wind knocked out of you? And I remember when I got the wind knocked out of me, I, was, I couldn't get up. And I, I never experienced that before. And, I, <gasps> and back then, you used to have those little buckles, you know what I'm saying? They'd buckle you and they pull you up by the, to try to get your air back in. And I thought they were stripping me on the field. And I was going, <gasps> you know, all that. And, uh, you know, and, and there's so many times that we want people's approval. I did things in high school I don't want to talk about. But I did things just to get people's approval so people would like me. 
And, and so, you know, I, I just know, and, 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 you know, I've struggled with that in my life many times, just for people's approval. How many of you have done that? Come on, you want people, you want me to feel good about you? How many, how many of you have ever done that? Come on. All right, thank you. See, I don't struggle with that anymore uh, at all, ever, except for every day of my life. And especially the days when I preach. Can I just be real, real with you? You know, there's sometimes, I still ask my family, you know, like we go home or we, we do things. And, you know, I, I'll say, hey, uh, what y'all think about church today? I'm fishing, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so I ask, and if, then, you know, sometimes they just don't say anything. And I go, and I ask it again, hey, well, what, did, what did y'all think about uh, church? Oh, man, the worship was really good. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, it was. It was, it was really good. But uh, what else did you think about church today? Well, uh, uh, and they're like, well, well yeah, uh, the message was okay. It, it, was, it was good. And I'll say something like, well, well thank you. Uh, what about, what was so good about it? Or... Did you have a favorite part? What touched you? Did any lives get changed? The reason is because I still battle. Can I just, can, we, I still battle with longing for approval. I just want to be like, man, that was awesome. I've asked my wife sometimes, she goes, baby, quit it. Quit asking me. You put me under pressure. Don't ask me those things. You did good. You know, it's like, do I need a, do I need a, like, pet you like a little puppy or something like that, you know what I mean, you know, and, and it's like, you know, maybe there's somebody here today you can relate, how many of you can relate, and, and you want, you want, and let me just give you five specific signs that you may be living for the approval of others, okay, this is from an expert, so can I just give you my expert opinion, okay, number one, here's signs you're longing for approval, you upset, you're obsessed by what others think. Have you ever, you know, if you've ever given a, a public speech or, and, and you're nervous, and why are you nervous? Because you're so worried about what other people are going to think about you. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, are you getting that circle? It might not be a speech. It might, whatever circle, you just kind of, uh, uh, and then after you're kind of like, you know, you know, have you ever, you know, let's say, have you ever posted anything on social media? And, and, and then you look back 12 seconds later, find out if anybody responded, and you feel rejected. That nobody, you know, nobody commented, nobody did anything. And we're consumed with what other people think. Or you call someone, or you leave a text, and they don't respond all day. You know what I mean? And you're kind of like, whoa, what, what's going on? You ever play that game with your wife? You know, it's called the shirt game. Or the shoe get thing. Baby, which shoes? I did it this morning. I mean, I go, baby, which shoes? And they're both black, okay? When she, she goes, baby, I'm not, the, I'm not the one that does design and stuff. That's you. Just figure it out. I'm like, oh. I'm stressing. 
Because every time I pick out something, no one ever comments about what I pick out. But when she picks out a shirt from me, everybody goes, I like that shirt. <laughs> it's the truth. And so the reason I'm wearing this shirt, my wife ironed it. It's actually one of my favorite shirts. Y'all like my shirt? Anyway, thank you. I appreciate that. See, we, we, want what, we want to do what people think, what, what we think people like. You know, how many of you would say sometimes you care too much but, about what other people think about you? Raise your hands. Come on. You may feel good about yourself. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're not looking that much. We love you. Okay? It's all good. See, I, I know this is that now, now those who raise your hand, you just... You just care too much what other people think. So you may be raising your hand with a question this morning. Pastor, was it okay? Did I raise my hand right? You did a good job. The second thing is sometimes we get, you're often overly sensitive. How many get ever sen- get overly sensitive? A dozen people can say, man, that was, I like that message. And that one person, they, they just kind of say something that's kind of negative, And you zoom in on that one thing. And then you think, oh, I'm a failure. Oh, I'm, I'm not good anymore. Or, I, guess I, didn't make a, I guess I didn't make a difference. You see, maybe you... You got a new outfit on or a new shirt or a new pair of jeans and, and you don't know if you look good. You can't, wear to wear it in, you can't wait to wear it in public so you go out and you're just waiting for compliments all day long. Like all day long. And no one comes and gives you a compliment about your, new, your pants, your dress, your shirt, your new haircut. Come on. And then you go, what's wrong with them? What's wrong with them? And then you go, what's wrong with me? You're overly sensitive. Third thing is, you compromise your values. You know, I think sometimes I think about young girls who love God. And you want to honor God with your purity. But then you start dating a guy. And he says, I love you, baby. Hey. You are, you're looking good. Mmm. Hey, baby, I love you if you give me some mmm-hmm. I mean, if we can mmm-hmm, then I really know that you love me. Love. Lust. I mean, love. And then what happens, you mmm, and you compromise your values for the approval of someone else. Or you really believe, you know, it's like, are you guys, you start hanging around guys that you, they really don't, they, stay, they say things in their language that you don't really agree with, but you just hang out with them. Or you stay there to listen to them with their dirty jokes. And you, instead of leaving or moving, you just stay there and you stay camped out and don't do anything about it. So you compromise your values. You compromise your value because you want people to like you based on what you have or what you look like. Are y'all learning anything? And the fourth thing is, is that you hesitate sharing your faith. 
You believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He's transformed your life, He's forgiven your sins, and He's made you new, and you, you, you've got a good friend who doesn't know that, and, and, and you know, your friend who's maybe hurting and lost in their sin or her sin, and you don't want to do the freako religious person kind of thing. Freak them out. You know what I mean? Because if I say something, they'll think I'm like a, a Jesus kind of like, I remember talking to a girl one time in, in my class reunion, and she goes, and she goes, Bubba, I heard you're like a, a Jesus, like, uh, uh, and she kept trying to figure out what I said, freak. She goes, yeah, that's it. I said, yes, I am. I just said, whose freak are you? You know, you don't share your faith in essence. If you're honest, you care more about what others think about you than you really care about sharing the freedom of Christ with your friend. Loving, you love the approval of others. And the last one is this. You have a hard time saying, no. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? Sometimes someone asks you, hey, can you do this? And inwardly you're screaming, no. But on the inside, you're going, no. But on the outside, you're struggling and you're saying, no, never, not, no. I'm overwhelmed. You can't do it. And you have a horrible sense of guilt because outwardly, you're agreeable. Oh, okay, I'll do that. But inwardly, you're going, no! How many know what I'm feeling like? You have an incredibly hard time saying no because you want to please people. Why do we do this? See, the reason is because our egos are incredibly insecure. It's real quiet in here. That's good. might be conviction. All right? But then again, it's kind of cold in here. Okay? So, see, our egos are crying out. This is what it's saying. Like me. Affirm me. Make me feel good. Can I say it again? Like me. Affirm me. Make me feel good. Like me. You like me? Make me feel good. Affirm me. Hello? Anybody? Okay, I'm coming. I'm coming on. If you're not careful, you're going to miss one of the most powerful truths and biggest dangers about people pleasing. That is, being obsessed with what people, listen to me, think about you is the quickest way to forget about what God thinks about you. Can I just say that again? Say it with me. Being obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. See, if you're so concerned about what people think about you, you forget about what God thinks about you. See, I love what Proverbs 29 verse 25 says. It says, fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts, whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. See, the Hebrew if you look at it, translated snare, 
It means a trap or a snare or a, like a ring in its nose. In other words, it's a hook that people use, would use to put inside the animal's nose and move that thing around like this. You know what I'm saying? I know you're going to gross, but it's coming to point. I promise you won't forget what I'm going to tell you. Because what happens is you want to live, well, you know what, that, that everybody else, I better do what everybody else is doing, so I'll just go along. Or, you know, I don't want to upset people, so I'll just kind of, I'll compromise my values. I won't share with them because I don't want them to think, freak out. Everybody getting the point? You see, I can't say no. I don't want to offend. That's why I brought this up here anyway. My wife won't shake my hand after this. What's the problem? Let me tell you what the problem is. Pleasing people is idolatry. It's the sin of idolatry. It's putting the approval of people ahead of the opinion of God. Hello? See, God wants to break barriers in our lives. How many of you believe that? But sometimes we got to get truthful with what's going on inside of us. And see, in order for God to... How many of you believe God wants to bless you? Okay, let me ask you, how many of you want the blessings of God? Let's just say that, all right, all over the place. How, how many of you want to be blessed? Come on, well, I'm going to see. All of us want to be blessed. But see, in order to be blessed by God, God's going to speak to us sometimes, and let's get rid of these things that keep me from blessing you. How many of you want to get rid of barriers? Then what you got to do, you got to be real, you got to be brutally honest with yourself. And if you see yourself in any of these things, then wait a minute, God, I think you're trying to do a little inspection here. And I don't want to be someone that just pleases people, but I want to please you. And your opinion, it's making people too big in our lives and God too small. That's really what it adds up to. You know, Instead of doing, you know, I think of people, they want to do things on their own. They don't want to honor their parents. They're, they, if you want to be a leader in school, or if you want to be a leader in your business or a follower of Jesus, there are things that you're going to have to set right in your life. And there's going to be things that you can't live by the approval of what people want. You know, when I became a follower of Jesus, there were things that I had to realize that, you know, God was trying to do in my own heart and in my own life. And part of those things is being a people pleaser and not to please him. And, and God has put me in situations many, 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 many times where I had to just go, all right, God. I remember one day we were, we were working in New York City, and we were on 42nd Street. And that's where all the triple X theaters are, and we're doing all this stuff. We're witnessing. We're sharing with people in New York, on, uh, there. And, and then... I remember I prayed that morning. I said, God, whatever you want me to do, I want to do it because I want to hear your voice and do what you tell me when you tell me and not hesitate. How many are you talking about? You ever prayed that prayer? I prayed that prayer that morning, and i never forget. We were walking, and there was this guy, and he had like a little microphone thing on. He was preaching. And as he was preaching, you know, I thought it was, he was doing a good job. And I just I stopped by and said, man, th- appreciate what y'all doing. We start talking, all this stuff and everything. 
And the Lord goes, Baba, I want you to, I want you to preach. And I'm walking away, and I'm going, Lord, he's preaching. He's doing a good job. You don't need me. And I didn't forget what God said. He said, you just ask me to tell you and speak to you or if you were willing to do whatever I ask you to do. And I remember I was about to cross the street. I turned and I ran. And when I got that, I don't know, the guy must have freaked out. I get there and go, give me your microphone. He goes, like that. And I just started preaching. It didn't matter what I preached or what I said. It was like time stopped. But it was a matter of, you know what? It was a barrier. Can I hear God over what my opinion is? It's my opinion being crossed by the will of God and his opinion. You see, I know this is that how, how do we overcome the, the disease to please? Sammy, the disease to please. That sounds good, huh? I could, I could have named the message that. But see, I want, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to do a deep work in me and you this morning because sometimes we have the disease to please. And how do we overcome that? And so what I want to do is the first thing is you got to focus. The number one is how do you overcome the disease to please? Focus on pleasing God instead of pleasing people. See, Galatians says this, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, this is Paul, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Don't miss it. He's saying, if I was just doing it for, to please people, I wouldn't be a servant of God. I'm not doing this to, to please myself or to please anybody else. I'm doing this to please God. You cannot simultaneously live. For the, pra- the applause of the crowd for an audience of one. Listen, don't worry about the crowd. You know what I've learned? Can I just tell you as a pastor? You can never judge what's going to happen by the size of the crowd. Sometimes I've been discouraged and I'm like, where's everybody at? I thought they liked me. I thought I did a good job last week. I thought people would be back. Why aren't people inviting anybody? I thought this was a great church. Hello, I'm not being, I'm just telling you. Sometimes I've had those thoughts. But I've learned this. Just because you have a small crowd means God may want to do something even greater because he's bigger than what you see. We used to say this, never judge an offering by the size of the crowd. What do you mean? Because sometimes when you get a big crowd, you think, oh, we're going to have a great offering. Or we're gonna, and sometimes we have the biggest crowds we've ever had, and we have the lowest offerings. And sometimes we have the small crowds, and we've got a big offering. You go, okay, God, I don't care. Just I'll take the small. I'm not worried about the big. You know what I mean? But here it is. You can't. See, don't miss this. He says, I'm not living for the approval of people, but of God. You have to make the decision to move my life in, a, in the right direction. What I'm going to have to do is I have to focus on pleasing God if I'm going to go in the right direction and not please people. Because I've had people that have been a part of our church that want to tell me how we should run the church. 
And some of those people aren't here anymore because they were more concerned about what they did in the past and what they thought they needed to do. Hello. Instead of really hearing the voice of God, let's talk about the vision where God wants to take us. But they have their own opinion. And can I tell you something? I know what God's called me to do. I know what he's called us to raise. And, I, and it's, still not, it's still not where I want it to be. Can I just be honest with you? But I believe that we're making strides to be where God wants us to be and reach this community and be a life-changing, life-giving church in this region amen and so i believe this is it i can't please everybody but i can please god say that with me say i can't please everybody but i can please god come on say it like you're preaching i can't please everybody but i can please god you know what you can't please everybody you just can't. How do you, you know, because you have groups that like this, but they, and the other group doesn't like that. And they fight about what they like, but the other group doesn't like that, so they fight about what the one group likes, and when the other group doesn't like that, so they say, we got to do this because we like this, but y'all don't like that, so we, hello. So you have groups that like things, and you have groups that don't like things. And it's the bottom line is, is, you know, what is God like? You see, the second thing, how do you flee the disease to please? Number two, live from the approval of God instead of the approval of people. See, what you got to do is you got to live from the approval of God. Because sometimes people say stuff, and you go, that's not who I am. I know what God says about me. And see, I I believe this. You know, you live for God's approval, not the approval of people. And so 1 Thessalonians 2, this is great. Uh, Verse uh, verse 4. On the contrary, we speak as those, look what it says. What? Approved by who? God. Man, I'm approved of God. To be entrusted with the gospel. It means entrusted. God approves me and he trusts me. Your mama not, might not have trusted you. Your daddy might not have. Your grandpa might have not trusted you. Your aunt, your uncle, what? I don't care. Your brother. But you know what God says? You know, when you give your heart to me, when you trust me wholeheartedly, you know what? I believe this. I believe that God goes, I approve you. I love you. And I trust you. And he says, I trust you with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but who? But God. And look, I love what it says. Who tests our hearts. Have you ever had, have you had a heart test this week? I'm not talking about going to get an EKG and see how your physical heart's working. Has God spoken to you about things, issues of your heart this week? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And sometimes when heart disease tries to get in there to please people or to do something that's compromising to God, God becomes, by his Holy Spirit, and begins to give us a heart checkup. Or he will put people, you know what, the best way to find out what your heart is, God puts people in your life that drive you crazy. Or God puts a circumstance that doesn't run smooth. It was supposed to go smooth, but it doesn't go smooth. Or he may put a financial circumstance in your life and you're freaking out. Come on. Freak out. You know what I mean? 
And so the most important thing that we have to understand is, is this. Is if you're a follower of Jesus, God approves of you through Christ. He already, appro- he already approves you. You live from the approval of God instead of from the approval of man. Look, if I'm waiting for men to encourage me, I'm going to wait a long time. But if I have a personal, intimate relationship where I'm spending time in the Word of God, allowing God to be able to speak to me through His Word, through prayer, that I can hear the Holy Spirit speak to me, and then He begins to direct me, and even as I read the Word of God, God begins to speak to me, and He says, Baba, these are things that I want to speak to you. I want to put these part of your life, and these are things that don't need to be a part of your life. Have you ever tried to go and help someone and tell them things that, that would help them, but they don't like what you say? There's sometimes as a pastor, you know, I, I have to distinguish between sheep and attack sheep. Because these sheep that attack you look like sheep. But when you reach out to try to correct them or do something, all of a sudden, sheep have canine teeth. And you go, God, wow, man. I mean, I was just trying to help you. Your hand gets bitten off. You, hello. And see, the most important thing is for all of us is, is, is this. Is that, you know, if you're truly a follower of Jesus, you will not be liked by people all the time. People might not like you. People might not like the way I preach. That's why they have other churches. Seriously. We might not be the church that you need, but there is a church that God will bring you to that you, that you need that can help you. Is that making sense? If you're liked by all people, you're not really probably a truly, you're probably really not a real follower of Jesus if everybody likes you. How many of you have ever had to get, try to be around people and you just want them to like you? And they end up never liking you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I used to work with guys, try to get them to like me, do things. I mean, they hated me. I don't know why. They woke up on the wrong side of the bed all the time. They just didn't like me. And I had to get tempted after a while. I didn't like them either. You see, you're approved by God. Therefore, you're entrusted with the gospel. Because of what Christ did, my worth is not based on what people think about me. Your worth is not based on what people think about you. See, your worth and my worth is based on what God says about me. And what he says about you. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? See, somebody needs to hear this. This is a game changer. And I, what I want to do is I want to give you ten things that God says who you are. Is that all right this morning? If you're a follower of Jesus, you accepted forgiveness, you walk in salvation, where you came to the point where you said, God, I can't do this anymore. I, 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 can't, I can't live this life. I need you. Would you come into my heart? You would free me. I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to live for the approval of people. I don't want to allow this sin. I don't want this barrier in my life. God, would you come and live inside of me and change me from the inside out? And as you do that, God, teach me your ways because I want to walk the way you want me to walk. I want to do what you want me to do. How many of you talking? about 
And then when you do that, here's ten things God says about who you are. The first thing is, you are a new creation in Christ. That's what 2 Corinthians 5, 17. All things are passed away. All things are new. That means God's doing some new stuff in you, baby. God's doing some cool stuff. He's getting out the old, and he's putting something new up in you. It's kind of like getting an engine rebuilt. You did all you could, and God goes, no, 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 we're going to put a whole new thing in there. The second thing is, you are forgiven of your sins, and they're washed away. In other words, you're clean. Because of God's kindness and his grace, you've been purchased to have freedom in your life. That's what it's saying. The third thing is, it's in Romans 8, 37. You are more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens you. That I'm all of a sudden, that I can walk in the strength and the power of God. And, you're, and then all of a sudden, the things that I could not overcome, the things that I could not face, God helps me with his strength to be an overcomer. He helps you to be an overcomer. Then it says, in sec- anybody getting excited yet? Second, I mean, Ephesians 2.10 says you are God's masterpiece. That means you're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. He said, man, when I made you, he cracked the mold. He said, this is, hey, this is perfect. This is perfect. Matthew 5.14, you are the light of the world. And you want, how many of you know we live in a dark, infested world? And God's saying, you're my light. You're going to shine bright for me. Just be a light. Romans 8.11, he says, you are filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I've got power. You got power. I can say power. Power. You got power. You have the power of God. Come on. Living inside of you. So when the devil says things about you, wait a minute, baby. I got the power of God. He says, I'm a new creation. I'm a light. I'm not all things, all that old junk, it's not in me anymore. Oh, it's trying to come up, but God, you're going to help me because I'm going to live by your power. Someone ought to get excited, Lord. Miss Jean, where's the hanky this morning? Anyway, there you go. She was ready. I knew it. Anyway. If you're a joint, this is what it says, Romans 8, 17, you are a joint heir with Christ. That means you will inherit the kingdom. The very thing where Jesus is, you, that's your inheritance. Some of you waiting for your treasure chest. Some of you waiting for mama to die. God's saying, I got a bigger inheritance for you. It's called the kingdom. And then... 2 Corinthians 5.20, you are an Christ ambassador. You know what ambassador is? The highest rank that you can have. You have the highest rank. That means you represent your country to another country, and you have the highest rank. You're a representative of God's kingdom here on this earth. You have the highest rank possible. You're an ambassador. You're a rep of God. Are you hearing me? Forget Mary Kay and all those other things. That's, I'm not preaching against that i'm just saying shackley or whatever i don't know but i believe this is that god's saying you are my ambassador you are my representative for the kingdom here on this earth second corinthians if you go back verse down 521 it says you are the righteousness of god in christ god made me right with god jesus made me right 
You know what? I went in my right mind. I went in. I didn't have the right kind of heart. I wasn't living the right way. But when he came and I allowed him and when you allowed him to come into your heart, he changed you. And all of a sudden you said, God, I don't want to do it that way anymore. I want to do it the right way. And the last one that I have is Romans 1, 7. You were greatly loved by God. Don't matter what people say. It matters what God says. You know, I remember as a kid, sometimes I'd get my feelings hurt. You ever get your feelings hurt? And when you come home, I remember one time, Livy came home and some little boy told her she was ugly. And I said, what? Luke found out he was going to go beat him up. But it's a Christian school. They don't allow fighting. But anyway, whatever. And they fight anyway. Yeah, there's ways around it. You know what I'm talking about? And I remember I just, I, started, I, give it, I gave her her identity. I said, baby, has daddy ever told you that? What does daddy tell you? You say that I'm cute, that I'm beautiful, that I'm funny, and that you like me. I said, that's right. And guess what? I really like you, and I think I know that you're beautiful and that you're made by God. And God doesn't make junk, and he doesn't make ugly. He makes beautiful. And you go tell your ugly, uh, no, you're, you go tell that little boy. No, I didn't say that. I wanted to say that. You go tell that little boy what your daddy says about you. And she did. And she came back and told me. He didn't say nothing. Because, you know, I wanted her identity to be who I say she is. And see, when you start realizing, wait a minute, this is what God says I am. See, you know what y'all been looking at? Y'all been looking at the book of hesitations. What does that mean? You're hesitating. Well, people say things about you, then you go, well, what I say? Take this list. They go, this is who I am. This is your starter kit to find out who you are in God. See, I love what Romans 12, uh, 12, 2 says. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And sometimes we forget the first verse. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's not about me. It matters what God thinks about me and not what others are saying. It matters what he says about you rather than what others are saying. See, we have to be willing to lay down what, we say, what people say about us and think about more about, hey, what does God say about me? I remember one day, I had to put this to approval because somebody said something. And I remember when I was a new Christian, I was like, man, I was so mad. And I went and I prayed, and God just began to speak to me. And I remember it was just a real cool illustration. I was in Waco, Texas, and I remember I was at this big oak tree in front of this house called the Wine Gallery. And it was the name of the school. The, the, it was a three-week discipleship school called the uh, Wineskins. And so the, the house where we stayed was called the Wine Gallery. And so I remember we're sta- I'm standing out this tree, 
And I never forget, I'm looking and I'm feeling sorry for myself for all these things. And all of a sudden, God said, stop. And he said, I want you to look. And I looked, and on one side of the road, it had a stop sign. And God just stopped. I want to tell you something, Bob. I love you, and I'll be with you for all your life if you trust me. And he said, I want you to look at the other side of the street. When I looked down, there wasn't one stop sign. And he said, I'll never stop loving you, Baba. And my love will continue to go on and on and on forever. Listen to me. Do not allow your life to be set in pause because you're living by what other people have said rather than living for the audience of one. You see, ultimately, I can't please everybody. Ultimately, you can't please everybody. Hey, you know that. But the good news is, by faith, through Christ, I can please God. And so, so can you. And, and, that's, and that's what it's time to do. It's, I'm saying, man, you know what? I'm getting rid of all this other stuff. I'm going to love God with all my heart. Listen to me. Stop living for the approval of people and start living to please God. Does that make sense? So what if your husband hadn't said you look good in a while? You know what? Treat him well and he may go. I notice her. Hello? Your wife hadn't pinched you on the booty in years, son. Maybe you hadn't invested in her. You know, the most important thing is, is that more, the more than anything, it's so easy to be a people pleaser. And, you know, that's where we go to God. Help me to live for your approval. Let's pray.